crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. All the unions always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. There'll come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride, especially now that we are... Officially in the Christmas season, I wish we could just talk about Christmassy stuff and spread some goodwill and peace on earth and, and, and all that awesome stuff, but there's not much peace on earth, <laughs> so we'll have to talk about all the insanity of the world instead, because that's what we talk about here, typically, although as we get closer to Christmas, I'm still more likely to kind of drift away from the drab, dreary, and horrific news and actually try to be a little more positive. So uh, we'll do the the whole Christmas thing as we get closer and closer. Meanwhile, here we are. So, again, thank you for being here. As uh, appreciate it if you're listening to the podcast or if you happen to be listening to the rebroadcast of the show uh, on the various aspects of the Vera Network. If you're doing that, thank you so very much as well. Always glad to have you. Now, uh, before we jump into the first topic of the day, I want to spend a little time reminding you that if you are concerned about the possibility of having to go a long time without electricity, or if you're worried about having to go a long time uh, without 
a food supply that you can go and readily assess. Well, then our friends over at Four Patriots, uh, they've got you covered. Uh, they've got the preparedness items available that you can use now and that could literally save your life later. And since we are in the height of the gift-giving holiday season, I would also like to remind you that if you feel like you're comfortably set up with uh, survival food kits and various other things, then maybe you have somebody on your Christmas list that eh, could use a little help in that path. So again, the ability to survive when life goes a little sideways, uh, that also makes for a great gift. So uh, go visit our friends at 4Patriots by going to 4Patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Now, the great thing about going to the backslash T-A-P-P aspect, that's a special page that the folks at 4Patriots have set aside just for listeners of this show. And it starts you right out with the deals of the week. So you'll get to see whatever's on sale or what items are getting close to the uh, the end of availability in the warehouse. So you get a chance to, to get those ordered. Maybe, maybe you get the last item of that, whatever it may be. And, of course, from there, you can see everything else available to you. You can work through the tabs and go back, but they'll still know that you came from here. So you're doing me a favor in so much as giving me credit for having sent you, the listener of the show, to them, and they know what's going on. So it's a win-win, guys. Uh, actually, it's that uh, elusive triple win, the win-win-win, because I win because they'll know I sent you. You'll win because you'll have an opportunity to get some really, really good, potentially life-saving things at a discount, at a price that's on sale, and they'll get really, really good customers. Uh, that's you guys, by the way. So one more time, that's uh, for the number four, fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. Uh, go check it out right now while you're listening to the rest of the show. You will not be sorry, I promise. All right, so let's start off with the biggest news story of the day, although it's not going to be treated that way. It's going to be basically ignored by most of the mainstream media because they're too busy trying to convince you that Hamas is, you know, they're the good guys. Look how good they are. They're releasing hostages, and, and they're creating these hostage videos, uh, kind of like reality TV shows where, oh, the, the hostages, well, we were really just friends, and, and they're going to miss us so much because we were really great. A complete, complete exaggeration uh, is the nicest, most diplomatic way I can put it. But, uh, yeah, because of that, the media is going to run with that, and they're going to ignore this story. In case you didn't hear, it would appear that certain terrorists within the Gaza envelope violated the temporary ceasefire. Now, according to Israel and according to Hamas, the ceasefire is still holding, still in effect, despite both sides claiming uh, that the other side violated it. But the Israeli Defense Force reported early that terrorists literally violated the temporary ceasefire in Gaza 
after its forces came under attack in multiple locations. Over the course of an hour, three explosive devices were detonated, very close to IDF troops, and in two different locations in northern Gaza. This violated, of course, the framework of the operational pause. Uh, in one of the locations, terrorists also opened fire on the troops who responded with fire. So that's why Hamas was claiming that the IDF violated the temporary ceasefire. Excuse me, when you're being fired at and when you are being uh, attacked through explosives, it's already been violated. There can be no further violation, and it could have easily escalated, but both sides held, uh, primarily because Hamas still has not fully restocked, reloaded, and prepared to resist in its entirety. And in the case of Israel, because they're still hopeful that more hostages will be released. Now, I want you to think very carefully about the difference between those two motivations and whether or not you can consider one or the other a positive motivation. Is one possibly more indicative of the good guys? Is the other more indicative of the bad guys? Oh, we're willing to let our soldiers take enemy fire. We're willing to continue to ignore the fact that you're putting our people in harm's way as long as there's still a chance that you will freely give up these innocent civilian hostages, some of which not even Israeli, many of which not even Israeli, some of which Americans. Now, that in no way diminishes the fact that you have uh, several uh, from Thailand and you still have uh, some from the UK and various other locations. Obviously, we want all the hostages freed, even the Israeli hostages. I, I don't care about your opinion or your thought pattern if you disagree with that idea. Oh, no, Israeli uh, prisoners, well, they're just prisoners of war. They're legitimate targets. No, none of the people they took were legitimate targets. They were legitimate civilians. Oh, but settlers, they're not civilians. Yes, yes, they are. These people were not settlers. They were in a settlement, but they're not settlers. Uh, why were they in settlements? Because a full-fledged towns had not existed yet. They're expanding into areas that are clearly on their side of the border of the Gaza envelope. Which, oh, by the way, technically, still is part of Israel, just like Judea and Samaria, better known as the West Bank. Those are still technically part of Israel, part of territory claimed and held by Israel that they have tried to withdraw from, that they have tried to let these so-called Palestinian people live and start uh, taking care of themselves. They've tried to give the incentives of showing that there is a great life to be had if you will just accept living peacefully with those around you. Again, I ask you, which one's the good guys, which one's the bad guys? Anyway, quoting from the uh, IDF statement, a number of soldiers were lightly injured during the incidents. IDF troops were located in positions 
as per the framework of the operational pause. In other words, they were in areas that they were supposed to be able to go and to oversee and provide protection and do the things that were all part of the agreed-upon temporary pause in order for Hamas to release prisoners. According to the Jerusalem Post, the IDF was still assessing if the attack was a signal from Hamas that they wanted to end the temporary ceasefire, which Hamas claimed was not the case. Or if the attack was a test to see if they could get away with it, or if if it was a mistake by low-ranking terrorists. Now, I'm sorry, low-ranking terrorists? What is that exactly supposed to mean? I, uh, What rank of terrorist do you have to be? I mean, I do know what they mean here, but it's a bad choice of words. What they mean is not every terrorist operating within the Gaza Strip happens to be part of Hamas. There are three different other terrorist groups operating within the Gaza envelope. I mean, it's just like over in Judea and Samaria, a.k.a. the West Bank, it's not just the PLO that's operating there either. At any rate, the IDF chief of staff said that the IDF was ready to resume combat operations against Hamas terrorists inside Gaza immediately. So, in other words, at the drop of a hat, they get the orders, they're ready to go. It's like, if Hamas is over the uh, ceasefire situation, and they feel like they've already gotten enough uh, humanitarian aid that they've stolen from their people and enough fuel that they've stolen to put to use to keep their terror tunnels in operation, then as soon as they're ready to go, uh, if there's not going to be any more hostages released, well, then the Israeli Defense Force is ready to go back into action. Quoting here, the IDF is ready today to continue fighting. We are using the days of respite as part of the hostage release outline for learning, strengthening readiness, and approving the operational plans for the continuation. We are prepared to continue fighting to dismantle Hamas. It will take time. These are complex goals, but none of there is nothing more just so uh, basically, they're just saying, yeah, Hamas is going to get it, and if they're ready to start fighting again, the IDF's ready to start fighting. Now, here's the thing. Hamas reached out, and no, that wasn't us. It was one of the other terrorist groups. Israel. Israel understands what I'm about to tell you, but they have still put a higher value on the lives of the hostages than that of their military. Now, that still doesn't mean that they have no value to the lives of their military. They highly value these people. But the bottom line is there's a difference between those who are trained for military combat and who are prepared to take military actions, especially against terrorists as opposed to legitimate adversarial militaries that are formal with uniforms and a code of conduct that actually follow the 
international rules and international law, uh, which is one of the most infuriating things. Every time I hear one of these lefties, especially here in the United States, uh, oftentimes seems to have a D at the end of their name for some reason, uh, talk about how Israel is violating international law or Israel needs to uh, make sure that they continue to abide by international law. Israel is not at any point in time even come close to violating the international law when it comes to the rules of warfare. Hamas has done this multiple times, but here is the thing that they understand that everyone outside of the conflict needs to understand. Ignoring for the moment that the international community, because a huge number of these nations have managed to have the highest levels of their government infiltrated by globalist leftists. A huge number of them are demanding Israel just surrender. They, they would love to see Israel just collapse. They want to see Hamas continue to exist. They know Hamas's days are numbered. So they're looking for any excuse to be able to extend it. But here's the thing. There's a double standard being put in place here. Nobody's going to call out Hamas for what happened here. And even if, and here's the tricky part, the part that Israel understands, the part that you need to understand, which I'm, if you're a regular listener to the show, I'm probably uh, just wasting breath uh, saying it because I know most of you probably already understand it. Hamas is technically the elected representatives of the Palestinian people, so-called, within the Gaza envelope, making them the government. Now, as the government of Gaza, it is their responsibility to live up to and to maintain any agreement that they've entered into, like the negotiated temporary ceasefire to allow for the release of hostages in exchange for a three-to-one send-us-our-criminals and, and low-level terrorists. Oh, but it's women and children. Children are like 16- and 17-year-old uh, teenagers who were picked up, so some of them for such minor offenses as throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers, uh, which still can be dangerous and harmful, and is uh, clearly against the law, and it was a terroristic uh, action. So these people meet the definition of what it means to be a terrorist. Uh, of course, I hear the lefties already out there, oh, but uh, all the oppression, they're so oppressed, uh, so oppressed. They're jailing children. They're jailing teenagers who are dangerous. Five-year-olds in Gaza, they, they have their freaking kindergarten uh, commencement activities where they act out, uh, carry out terrorist activities against Israelis. Their children are taught to hate at an early age. They're taught to perform military actions. They're taught to go and slit the throats 
of the occupiers, as they call the Israelis, which actually I would make the legitimate argument that as the territory is still officially recognized as being under Israeli control, despite the fact that Israel has basically stepped out of Gaza, if you want to say uh, that that territory is occupied, I'm going to say that all that actually is rightfully Israel, so it's the so-called Palestinians that are the occupiers. They're living there uh, unwanted because they won't get along with anyone. Uh, Iran should take them all in because they're the closest uh, Arab nation that believes exactly the same as they do. Syria should take them in because they're still puppets of the Twelvers over in Iran. They're not about to do that. They understand that this is a radicalized group of people that are so disruptive. But, let me get back to the point I'm trying to make. Hamas is supposed to be in charge. Hamas is supposed to live up to their obligations. Hamas entered into this agreement. And if it was not Hamas who officially violated the ceasefire in this case, if it was a lesser terrorists, if it was a, a different group of terrorists that were carrying out the activities, uh, even though Hamas uh, has put out the word, no, we're in ceasefire, and these other folks did this anyway, then it is, in fact, Hamas's responsibility to provide safety to the IDF in the operations of the framework. Again, they're the government. They're supposed to be in charge. It's Hamas's responsibility to make sure that there are no terrorist attacks that are being carried out by any other terrorist group. The same way that if a terrorist attack took place here on American soil, we would expect the American government to do something. First of all, they're supposed to be doing everything in their power to prevent it in the first place, rather than just say, okay, guys, uh, that's enough. We're not going to do it. Wink, wink. Now, that would not be acceptable. And then if it still happened anyway, if we weren't able to stop it, then we would expect our government to go after the guilty parties, for the guilty parties to be held accountable publicly, made an example of. Do we see Hamas going after these other little terrorist groups that are operating? No, you don't. Why? Because they're in business together. They're allies. They're friends. They're buddies. In some cases, they're family. One we, we know for a fact that at least one of the hostages that was being held, Hamas no longer holds because they sold the hostage to one of these other terrorist groups. They wanted the money, and it gave them an opportunity that, well, this is a hostage we can't release because they're not in our power anymore. But there's still a hostage of yet a different so-called Palestinian terrorist organization. So what do you do? There's not going to be any accountability there's not going to be any point in time where the, uh, the Hamas group is going to be held to account. So it doesn't matter. This is the point I'm trying to get to. It doesn't matter if it was Hamas proper or someone that was Hamas adjacent. This was still an effort to test to see the resolve and to see exactly how far is too far? How far can you push the Israelis before they just flat out start flattening the towns and settlements within Gaza?
Now, I wouldn't, if I was Hamas, I wouldn't push my luck too much with that because Israel is prepared to move forward. They don't care what the international community has to say. There's no amount of pressure that even the United States can put on Israel and change the outcome of what they're going to do in relationship to what happens to Hamas. Not after the pure savagery and brutality of the events of October 7th. The only chance they have at surviving as an organization is to not only honor this ceasefire, but to release the hostages and start making inroads to actually demonstrating that they want to move away from terrorism. It's not going to matter how much time they buy for themselves to try to get help from the international community. Now, they like to think that that's going to be effective. They like to think that that's going to make a difference. At this point, given what happened, it's not. There's going to have to be some drastic changes in the Israeli government. And at this moment in time, that's not about to happen. Even the most left-leaning of the leftist version of government officials are on board. They're part of the war cancel. They want Hamas eradicated because Hamas, after the actions of October 7th, forfeited the right to continue to exist. They did. They proved that they are not part of civilized society. They proved that they have no actual humanity. And even as we saw the hostages that are being released, that are being turned over to the Red Cross and then taken away, we see these so-called civilians that we're supposed to be so concerned about that Israel is supposed to develop these magic weapons that you can just detonate in an area and it's only going to kill the terrorists and all the civilians nearby are going to be fine. The same weapons that people like Bernie Sanders seem to think that uh, Israel should have because they can develop magic. Israel has magic wands instead of bombs, evidently. Leave it to Bernie Sanders, who literally has done nothing his entire life. Nothing. I'm going to vote for some stuff. I was a mayor. What did you do as mayor, Bernie? Nothing. One of the most unproductive administrations in the history of your hometown. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Anyway, the guy who wants to honeymoon in the former Soviet Union. This is the guy we're going to listen to about what should and shouldn't be happening in, in Israel. A guy who claims to be Jewish because he is of Jewish descent as far as connections to the tribes. But his the way he lives his life, the way he practices a religious faith, he's probably less Jewish than I am. And I'm not Jewish at all, guys. He can just, he can claim a lineage, but he certainly can't claim a kinship, if you know what I mean. It's Hamas's responsibility to live up to their agreement, which we all know what's going to happen. And it is Hamas's responsibility now, if they really want to demonstrate to the international community, not that they have to, they're not going to be held accountable. They're not going to be made to answer for violating the ceasefire. 
In fact, they're already being covered for from multiple international media outlets. Well, we have conflicting reports of Israeli soldiers uh, doing things. What, what, what things exactly? They were performing their duties in locations that was part of the agreed-upon framework. They were not in violation in any way of the terms of the ceasefire. And shooting back once you've been shot at is also not violating the ceasefire. It's surviving after the other guys violated the ceasefire. But if you really wanted to prove to the international community that there was some humanity there, that there is some salvageable uh, level of Hamas that one day could be a peace partner that wants something other than just a complete and total eradication of the Jewish people, then it might be, it might behoove them to actually hold these terrorists that attacked the IDF accountable, publicly. Execution. Public square, show the people and the would-be terrorists that it's not acceptable during the time of the ceasefire, that it's been negotiated, that they've got so much time, they're going to do these things, actually demonstrate they are the ones that are responsible, even if they're not the ones pulling the trigger. So step up and take some responsibility, right? I mean, we know they're not. We know what they've been doing. Ever since they were elected, they have used every excuse they could to steal every penny and every resource that was sent to them that they could possibly use to build their tunnels and to continue to build their war chest so that they could try to fight the Jewish people. Must fight Israel, right? It's absurd, but it is the situation. All right. <clears throat> Guess what? Let's let's talk about something a little more positive as we head into the break. What can I possibly be talking about a little more positive? Well, it's this, boys and girls. If you've been waiting for a special deal from our friends over at Vanish Holsters, they are running a special holiday promotion right now. They're doing an awesome deal where you can buy one of their ultra-comfortable holsters at a discount and then get a second Vanish holster for 50% off the already low discounted price. Now, that's perfect if you wanted to own and use the world's most comfortable holster and give one to a friend or a family member as a gift. Now, I promise you, you'll love the holster more than any other holster that you own. And the reason why is because you can use it to carry most any gun that you own in absolute comfort. It is so comfortable, in fact, that you'll forget you're wearing it. Which, by the way, is why they call them Vanish holsters in the first place. Now, the Revolutionary holster is 99% uh, of, uh, good at holding Semi-automatic handguns, when I say they're 99, it means nearly all semi-automatic handguns will work in this holster. It also works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions, and it lets you conceal two fully 
loaded magazines for quick reloads if it's necessary. In that event, you're good to go. But even then, the best part right now is that it comes with a money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I think you will, well, then okay. You're good. You get all your money back with a hassle-free return policy. Now, important to remind you, though, since this is a holiday deal, it is set to expire soon. And uh, as you well know, you know, take a look around, boys and girls. If you're listening to this show, I know I don't have to tell you. Criminals are more emboldened than ever, and the threat of terrorism is looming larger than it has in a very long time. So don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster is uncomfortable. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Do it right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tap into the Truth. Target is targeting they put a target on your back, but they're targeting your kids. They don't even need to ask, because you all know what it is. Yeah, that's why I keep a strap, and I'm always by my bears. This agenda got to stop, and you know we're going to win when they target, target, yeah, they target and target, target, yeah, they target kids. Target, target, yeah, they target and target. The Biden regime has found yet another way to undermine sovereign Americans, including our U.S. military heroes. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The one thing that all leftists have in common is their mission to find more ways to bring misery into the lives of Americans. Yet even I was surprised when the Biden regime, which ordered the U.S. Army to leave $86 billion worth of military weapons, so that the Islamic terrorists in Afghanistan could be well-equipped to wreak havoc. But even I had no idea that even Uncle Joe Biden would charge soldiers like Brock Michael, a former soldier in the U.S. Army's 82nd Airborne Division, $3,561 of the military equipment he used during his service to his republic. Uncle Joe Biden armed the Islamic Taliban terrorists when he surrendered $86 billion worth of U.S. weapons to them. Now, to add insult to injury, the left-wing extremist regime leader Joe Biden wants soldiers to pay for the equipment they used to risk their lives protecting our republic. Shame on you, Uncle Joe Biden. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. He's cuckoo. He's cuckoo. Uncle Joe Biden is really cuckoo. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where. Go to at the Edwards Notebook 1 via Truth Social. These stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. 
In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock Beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance MyPillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe cusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. 
From all of us here at my pillow. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We can- this is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very happy New Year. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, yes, the merriest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest, you cheer. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest, yes, the happiest. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest New Year. May your tree be filled with happiness, happiness and friendliness for all. May your heart be filled with cheerfulness, happiness and cheerfulness for all. We wish you the happiest, the happiest, the happiest, yes, the happiest. We wish you the merriest, the merriest, the merriest. You'll cheer. I'm the happiest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that brief break. Uh, don't know what's going on with my tech here. Uh, first, it hit the wrong uh, liner going out because I was trying to save the target bit uh, for a story we're going to talk about a little later, or at least I'm hoping to sneak in before the end of the show. Uh, it, that's not the one I hit, but it's the one that played. And then we cut off Andrew Krabbershot and Red Balloon early, and I, I didn't hit any buttons, and it just shifted into the next thing. And that wasn't the, the liner I was going to play. So wackiness is ensuing. I'm coughing up here like crazy because I'm fighting a, a cold right now. And I barely made it through. And I have this ongoing thing as it is. But it's just nuts. All right. Well, anyway, thank you for being here. Before we get back to the next story, do want to remind you that right now, the markets are going nuts, right? Uh, we we know that the dollar is being uh, deflated because of inflation. The value is just being destroyed. And there's still volatility in the stock market. So the things that most people do to try and store wealth and, and save their protect their nest eggs, it's all kind of up in the air. So getting a, a good hedge is not a bad idea. All right, so one of the things you might be thinking about doing is diversifying your 
retirement or diversified uh, just your general wealth and savings uh, all together. <clears throat> and one of the ways you can diversify it that will not be negatively affected, in fact, will work as a hedge against inflation, is with gold and silver. And that's why I would highly recommend you give my gold company a call. That, of course, is the Harvard Gold Group. Look, they're BBB approved with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and sell silver, gold. Uh, they've got a low price guarantee. And you can get up to $15,000 in free promotional gold and silver with a qualifying purchase. You might want to give them a call just to find out what that is. Uh, you, at the very least, can't go wrong with getting their free investor's guide. So whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or have gold in hand, go ahead and give our friends over at Harvard Gold Group a call at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or you can visit them online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Again, call Gold Group, Harvard Gold Group, at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Get that free investor's guide. Don't forget to mention promo code TAPP or mention tap into the truth. Just let them know I sent you and that will qualify you for an additional $250 worth of gold and silver based, of course, on a qualified purchase. So important to understand what you're getting into, but these guys are phenomenal. And right now, during the holiday season, maybe you just want to give yourself the gift of knowing that your nest egg isn't going to be destroyed entirely by Bidenomics. Uh, having gold and silver in hand or in your retirement account will go a long way for that. So there you have it. One more time, that's 844-977-GOLD. Uh, 844-977-4653 or harvardgoldgroup.com. Just don't forget to mention T-A-P-P, guys. That's all I'm saying. All right, so uh, we've got a few minutes left here uh, within the hour. But this story really isn't going to take very long. It seems that a pro-Palestinian protester uh, led the way. And then multiple other protesters joined the group, and a full-blown pro-Palestinian protest erupted at an Oakland City Council meeting, openly defending Hamas terrorists. Now, we just spent how the entire international news media complex was protecting Hamas. We've been watching it for a while. We've got folks that are supposed to be American politicians that... Uh, are part of the Democratic Party primarily, that are all like, oh yeah, Hamas is great, yay! No, literally, that's that's what they're doing. Hamas is great. Hmm. Not a chant that I would be uh, saying very loudly, especially if I held a political office, because I know the Democrats get confused when they hear the really loud, squeaky wheels going on, but they really need to understand that the majority of people, even in the Democratic voting base, they're not pro-Hamas. Anyway, 
pro-Palestinian protesters issued anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and lies during an Oakland City Council meeting this past Monday after the City Council voted unanimously to call for a permanent ceasefire inside Gaza. Now, what exactly the Oakland City Council think that has to do with conducting their business, the business of the city of Oakland, what purpose does that serve? Well, it is virtue signaling, of course. Everybody knows that every person living in Oakland is part of an oppressed group, so they're going to stand in unity with those poor, poor, oppressed Hamas terrorists. Now, granted, they were calling for the ceasefire, and they were standing up on behalf of the so-called Palestinians, but a ceasefire only serves to protect Hamas, not the Palestinians. If you really wanted what was good for the so-called Palestinian people, you would want Hamas, and the PLO, and every other terrorist group pulled from out of their midst. Because they're the ones that keep bringing the wrath of Israel down upon their heads. They're the ones that keep bringing harm and keep putting the civilian population there into harm's way. So, that would be the smart thing. Now, prior to the vote, City Council voted 6-2 to two to reject one council member's amendment that sought to explicitly condemn Hamas terrorists for murdering and kidnapping innocent civilians. So, all he wanted to do, he, this member was prepared to vote with the call for the ceasefire, as long as you were willing to say Hamas is terrible, horrible, very no good people, and should not be around. <laughs> but he didn't even go that far. Just said, oh, we're going to condemn them for murdering and kidnapping civilians. Nope, nope, we're not going to do that. 62 voted it down. The amendment, however, triggered quite the response from the pro-Palestinian protesters, many of whom openly expressed their support for Hamas. Excuse me while I'm still fighting the cold, sorry. They, a lot of these folks literally openly expressed support for Hamas terrorists and the terrorist attack against Israel. There was uh, a journalist there. They posted a video on X, formerly Twitter, showing some of the most extreme responses that the so-called pro-Palestinian protesters engaged in, which included Holocaust denial. Now, that's why I really have a hard time continuing to call these people pro-Palestinian, because they are not pro-Palestinian. They are pro-Hamas. They are pro-terrorist. They are anti-Semitic. Quoting here, uh, first woman in the video declares, there have not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Now, that's a bit much. Because even if you don't like Israel, even if you are legitimately anti-Semitic and you don't want to believe what happened on October 7th, 
I would still point to the GoPro cameras that they released, not, not Israel, that the Hamas terrorists that conducted the raids released, posted on social media sites, posted online on other websites, bragging about what they did. They have admitted it. They, them, those guys, the Hamas people, they are still celebrating their military success. So I'm sorry, guys. If you're going to stand up and declare that that's all Israeli misinformation, then you're a moron. You're just ignoring the reality that's in front of you, which, again, let's face it, most leftists have to ignore reality in order to continue to be leftist. I mean, how many scientific, biological truths do you have to ignore to be a good little uh, leftist these days? Another uh, quote. Next protester came up, a young college-age woman uh, who was wearing a mask, by the way, said, quote, Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist, and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. Except that's not what it's doing. It's not ridiculous. Hamas is legitimately a terrorist organization. They engage in terroristic activities, and they steal resources from the people they're supposed to be representing in order to further their terroristic agenda. It's not racist, because Hamas is not a race. Palestinian is not a race. Even the individuals that call themselves Palestinians, so when I refer to so-called Palestinians, since there is no Palestine, has not been for mm, ever, uh, then clearly not a race and not an actual thing. It doesn't play into genocidal propaganda. What it does is it accurately describes who and what Hamas is. Another young woman wearing a mask declared, quote, I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance, which actually that's not a very good descriptor either, because if it was, you wouldn't have the PLO. You wouldn't have the other terrorist groups that are operating within Gaza and within Judea and Samaria. You wouldn't have those things happening there would be an actual unified so-called Palestinian resistance. But what are they actually resisting? They're being allowed to reside in a territory that Israel took during a war against their neighbors. They're being allowed to resi reside there because their Arab brothers and sisters won't let them come to their world. No, nope, can't come into Jordan. Nope, nope, can't come into Lebanon. Sir, sure not going to be allowed into Egypt. Literally, the, the nations, the Arab nations, the Islamic nations, right there on the border. You could just walk across, could move into, but no, you can't because they won't let you. Why? 
because these people are so radicalized that if you let them in, they would become a problem for you. Many of these people are descendants of a group of Jordanians that tried to overthrow the royal family and were exiled, booted out into the desert. And the fact that Israel has bent over backwards to try to help these people. Oh, Tim, what are you saying? These men just... Uh, so terrible to them. No, they were providing them electricity. They were providing them water. They were taking care of them when their elected officials would not. And then they have completely withdrawn from the Gaza envelope since 2005 in the hopes that they would turn away from violence and terrorism and move towards something more akin to taking care of their people. That's not the actions of a genocidal group. <sighs> a Palestinian resistance is crap. The only thing they're resisting is living peacefully with their neighbors. Another woman there said, quote, as an Arab, Asking with this context to condemn Hamas is very anti-Arab racist. Uh, again, no, wrong. I, I happen to know for a fact uh, a lot of Arabs in the region don't want Hamas operating. They do not see themselves in the same purview as Hamas. They certainly don't see themselves in the same purview as the so-called Palestinians, even the non-violent, non-terrorist ones. Not that there's a huge number that doesn't support the terrorism. That's why they keep voting and electing more and more radicalized terrorists. The PLO is not radical enough. Nope, not for them. And again, I know there's some exceptions to that rule, but the rule is pretty clear. The so-called Palestinians are not nice people. They would not fit into Western civilization. In fact, they tend to support people that don't belong in anything remotely similar to civilization because they're not very civilized. The actions they took on October 7th, not cool, not humanitarian, not standing up against an occupying force, but an inhumane assault against innocent people. All right, let's reset the hour, guys. Um, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this.
This is Tim Tapp wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy New Year. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back as we dive headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast and uh, certainly hope that you are having a joyous and blessed holiday season. And if you are not currently, I really do pray that uh, that that turns around for you. I do. And, uh, you know, that's just a little thing that we like to do around here. Tap into the truth. We believe we believe that I'm going to have to get things squared away here because it continues to be weird here as my technology is doing just some strange stuff. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we believe in the sanctity of humanity and the sanctity of life. And unfortunately, we're surrounded by a lot of people who do not. It's not limited to the United States, and that has a lot to do with the next story we're going to talk about. But before we do that, I do want to remind you about our friends over at Four Patriots. Look, things are nuts, and the United States is not immune to it. So what you need to do is just be prepared. I don't want you to be scared. I want you to be prepared. And one of the things that you can do to be prepared is to make sure that you have survival products. When you have these survival products, you're going to be in a better position to make it through whatever happens. It, you know, it's not just what people are doing either. You know, a big winter storm may be coming your way. Uh, you have a couple of feet of uh, snow and ice dumped on you, and then all of a sudden your ability to get out to go get more food may be uh, hampered. Uh, it's just saying that very, very diplomatically. It's a bit of an understatement. Maybe your power is going to go off and will stay off for a while. And if you're counting on electric heat, things could get really cold really fast. So whether you're talking about storms or whether you're talking about man-caused events, an Obama term for, you know, things like riots and terrorism, things that are very real possibility. And given the way our southern border has been left open, one might even make the argument that it's a probability that some of you will have to deal with the results of that. It's just best to be prepared. So get the preparedness items that you can use now, but can literally save your life. That's the items over for Patriots. Uh, visit the special page for listeners of Tap Into the Truth by going to fourpatriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. You get to see the deals of the week. That's going to be your starting point. Now, it's, you're not limited to just that. You can see the whole site while you're there. But by going there, that way, it lets them know that you're there from this show. 
and it lets you start out with the items that are on sale this week, the special deals, and then some of those items that may be on the verge of being discontinued. Some of the items that are getting really, really low in the stock level. So uh, if you want them, it may be a while before they get restocked. So now's the time to get it while it's still there. You know, those kind of goodies, you're going to be well suited. And as I've been trying to remind everyone, if you got somebody on your Christmas gift list that maybe is not as prepared as they should be, uh, maybe some of this super tasty, best-selling survival food kits might be a perfect gift. I mean, it's suited the last 25 years, but uh, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to keep it that long because you might have somebody like my daughter's, and here you go. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, bring in a pack. Uh, two packs are missing. <laughs> it's like, this is not good if we actually need to survive. Uh, guys, I've literally had to start finding new places to hide the stuff. That's how fast it's going. Plus, they've got a lot of great options for backup electricity, uh, some powerful uh, generators, uh, or even just some not-so-powerful but great backup batteries, things that you're going to be able to plug in, keep your electronic devices operating, and if need be, you can charge those bad boys back up using solar power, so hopefully you'll have access to daylight for at least a few hours a day. <laughs> and just... Go visit. See for yourself. It's great stuff. Don't take my word for it. Uh, you you got to do your own homework on this, but they've got so much great stuff. So that's 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. And remember, it's the number four. Don't try spelling out the word for Just put in 4patriots.com backslash T-A-P-P. All right, so in France, a 16-year-old boy was... Well, he was murdered earlier this month. I'm sitting here thinking I should probably say savagely murdered, but if you haven't already heard the story, I probably should use that descriptor. A lot of you guys probably have already heard about this. Now, according to witnesses, there was a gang of young men that are responsible for the boy's death, and the corresponding rampage that took place uh, this, of course, happened on November 18th. This gang of young men, they made it clear that they were out to, quote, stab white people. Now, in the days since, tensions in the European nation, well, they began to boil over, prompting the French regime to clamp down on so-called far-right groups, and to urge citizens not to take the law into their own hands. Oh, don't go out there and deal with the scourge that we, your government, have allowed to come in and, and take over. Don't you go do something about it, because we're not, this was our plan, guys. So, you know, remember, you have to stay lawful. I mean, it doesn't matter how unlawful they get. You have to be lawful. You are French citizens. So you will face jail and uh, public beheadings, evidently. Uh, not to mention the fact that, uh, you know, maybe you just get stabbed in the street. I mean, one thing's pretty clear. 
uh, it has become a crime in many parts of Western Europe to be white. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that's, that's the terrible thing that the 16-year-old boy who was murdered, he was guilty of being white. He may have been guilty of actual terrible things. Uh, a lot of teenagers get up to stuff that most of us would go like, no, nah, that's terrible. But the point is, the group responsible for murdering him, they didn't know any of that. Might have been a good kid. Might have been a terrible kid. It doesn't matter. They were just looking for a white person to stab. In fact, they were looking for more than one. But they literally have the French government standing up and saying, all right, guys, don't take to the streets, even though the folks that are roaming around here stabbing your children. That's what they're doing. They run the streets now. The entirety of France is now uh, expected to be a no-go zone. They've got no-go zones in, in big chunks of France already. Now the French government's ready to just give the whole nation over to roaming bands of non-white gangs. Man, that, that's what they are. It's a gang. It's just so infuriating. The socialist spokesman for the French government, one Oliver Varen, he came out this past Tuesday and he said, translated in English for your benefit, we are lucid. There is a violent minority which sows terror. But there is no justification for taking the law into your own hands. It is up to the rule of law to provide answers. Yeah, yeah, great. Good job, Olivier. Great words. Awesome speech. Wink, wink. Uh, thumbs up. You tell them. But there kind of is a justification for taking the law into your own hands. There is justification for going out and becoming a freaking vigilante when those folks that are supposed to be enforcing law, supposed to be bringing order, refuse to do so. It's not ideal. I'm not pro-vigilanteism. I don't want it to ever be in any nation anywhere on this planet where the people consider themselves to be free, where the citizens of those nations long to be free. I don't suggest falling into the trap that vigilanteism can lead to. But as a law-abiding, God-fearing nation, which most of France is, what are you supposed to do when the government doesn't seem particularly interested in bringing the violent gangs to justice and seems more concerned that you might seek retribution rather than let them attempt their version at justice? In fact, they're literally threatening you for having the thought that maybe we should go out here and take care of it of ourselves. I mean, all that's required here is for you to think that. You let that thought pop into your head, and now you're the criminal. Don't you dare go in the streets. It's up to the rule of law to provide answers. Well, the rule of law is pretty clear. 
The rule of law in France says that the French police are supposed to be stopping this behavior and that the government of France is supposed to be intervening. They're supposed to be finding ways to lower that temperature, to deal with the more radical, more violent elements of the people that they've just allowed into the country. They should have never permitted the existence of a no-go zone, period. Because all that's going to happen is you're going to have more no-go zones pop up, and it's going to continue to eventually the entire country is going to be flying a different flag. Your culture is about to be destroyed. And that's truly a shame when it comes to the French. The French are extremely artistic. They're cooking. The cheese, the wine, the architecture, the history. France is very rich culturally, but it's a culture that's now in conflict with the culture that is trying to take over. So, Oliver, an actual honest to goodness, open socialist who is the official spokesperson for the French government, telling their citizens, yes, yes, there's violent people out there. They're trying to be, you know, terrorists out there. They want you worked up. But no, that's still not a justification. Don't you dare go out there and become a vigilante. Just don't. They really said this. And I, for one, have a problem. But, you know, he wasn't done. The demands for order that he issued from the statement and that other officials are out there spouting off as well in response to alleged threats of vigilantism and protest, well, they don't want people out there chanting things like justice for Thomas. Now, there are other chants that maybe you could see where it feels more political than law and ordery. Chants like Islam out of Europe. Chants like immigration kills. And, of course, the ever so popular French wake up, this is your home. Not that dissimilar to but a certain former MMA superstar from Ireland has gotten himself in trouble for, for saying and criticizing the Irish government. But these are all legitimate sentiments because it's clear that it is the violent spreading of Islam that's led to these roving gangs that went out and murdered Thomas. But you're not supposed to chant Justice for Thomas. You're perfectly okay uh, chanting from the river to the sea. Palestine will be free, but don't you freaking dare chant justice for Thomas. Don't you dare chant French, wake up, this is your home. Don't you dare make the political statement that immigration kills, even though there is still a huge difference between immigration and migration and what Western Europe went through. It's the same thing that's happening on our southern border 
It's not immigration. It's full-blown migration. And if you happen to be a Christian nation, which France is, by the way, there is nothing wrong with seeing the current Islamic invasion throughout the entirety of Europe and calling for an end of it. Of course, I'm going to take some flack for saying that. They're going to say, oh, you're you're an Islamophobe. It's like, no, no, I'm not an Islamophobe. I've made the case that there's no such thing as Islamophobia. Uh, you can read my writings. I've done multiple published articles. The whole point is that a phobia is an irrational fear. There is every legitimate reason to be concerned about the spread of Islam especially amongst the Mohammedans, if you're not part of their clique. If you are a Christian, if you're a Jew, if you're a Hindu, if you're a Zaoist, it doesn't matter what you are. If you're not, not just a Muslim, but the right kind of Muslim, the Mohammedans see you as an enemy. They are violent, and they will force you to convert or die. They'll play the game of we are an oppressed minority until all of a sudden their numbers are big enough that they don't have to play that game anymore. Then they start demanding tolerance. And once they have garnered enough tolerance from the officials at any rate, then they start demanding that you convert to their way of thinking. Little by little at first, but it's a dangerous thing. It's not true of all Muslims. Not all forms of Islam still engage in this activity. But the Mohammedans, the people that still believe to live and die by the sword, the Twelvers of Iran being a good example of that, these folks honestly believe that it's their job, that they have a responsibility to annihilate everyone that doesn't fall into the same category as they are. Now, our socialist friend, who's being a spokesperson for the government, acknowledged that Thomas's murder may amount to a tipping point for French society. This was reported by The Telegraph, by the way. This may be a tipping point. This may be the straw that breaks the French camel's back. This may be the point where they finally start pushing back to a point that we're not going to be able to just continue to allow the invasion unfettered. We're not going to be able to just sit here and say, hey, we are your government, we represent you, we take care of you, but we're going to continue to allow no-go zones to grow and expand. My question <clears throat> is why did Thomas have to get murdered before you got to that tipping point? There's nothing that has changed except, of course, for Thomas and his family. Things change there. Thomas is gone. He's no longer with us. His family now has to deal with the fact that they have lost their teenage son. A life snuffed out just because a group of non-native Frenchmen decided they wanted to go kill some white people. And Thomas happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. They lost their son because of the failed policies of the French government. 
They lost their son because of a lack of policing. A lack of policing that it's not the fault of the police. They've had their hands tied. The police are the ones being handcuffed in this situation. We've seen this kind of behavior from leftists before. So they're worried. The government's worried because this may be that tipping point. This may be that point where they finally say, no mas. Given that the French government seems to have some trouble containing Algerian race riots back in July, which almost did as much damage to France as the BLM riots did here in the United States, it's kind of unclear what success the government will have in halting the pendulum on its return. You know, we constantly talk about movement from left to right here in the United States. It's like, well, you know, uh, the political pendulum swings. It goes one way, and then it always comes back the other way. We've had for some time now folks on the left desperately trying to find a way to get that pendulum to swing their way and then for them to be able to catch it, hold it, pull it even further to the left and never let it swing back to the right. Don't think they're quite there yet in France. In case you weren't familiar with the particulars, there was this French village, right? Now, I'm not going to attempt names here because I would just butcher them anyway. But there was a French village, and it's in uh, a region that had a winter ball. Now, this little winter festival took place on November 18th, and roughly 300 out of the village's 532 residents, which means a big percentage of everyone that lives in this village was at this celebration. A gang of approximately 10 young men, reportedly from the epicenter of July's Algerian race riots, descended on the village dance, attacking 17 individuals in attendance between the ages of 16 and 65. On their way in, the group of thugs stabbed a guard slicing through his fingers. According to France 24, the attackers ultimately murdered a 16-year-old high school student named Thomas. A witness named Hugo indicated that Thomas was stabbed in the heart and throat. One of Thomas's friends, talking to a local newspaper, said that he heard a commotion outside where Thomas, a beloved rugby player who wasn't the type to dance, had gone out for a smoke. Thomas's friends quickly went outside to investigate and then, quote, 
from this unnamed teenager. I was stabbed in the shoulder and in the back. I saw my friend Thomas being stabbed. I saw another friend of mine get stuck in the back. I compressed his wound to make a tourniquet. He was hit in the kidney. It was horrific. The teen recalled the attackers saying, we're here to stab white people. Now, according to prosecutors, eight other witnesses reported hearing the attackers signal anti-white hatred during the ramp. The Telegraph reported that one witness told the French press, quote, there was a fight between the assailants and those who were brave enough to face them. I want you to let that sink in a little bit, because it feels like, if you're reporting that, that at least part of the media has turned on the Marxist government that is currently allowing this unfettered threat to the French people to fester, to propagate. A young woman who was in attendance at the ball said, quote, I heard people say, it's crashing, it's crashing. They've got knives, leave. There was blood everywhere. It was horrible. It wasn't something to experience at 16. It was a bloodbath, another witness said. Youths from the suburbs surrounded the party hall, blindly stabbing people. One youth received a heart massage on the floor. It was chaos. In addition to murdering Thomas, the outsiders injured eight other revelers at the celebration, two of them seriously. One of the two victims left in critical condition was stabbed several times in the throat. These people, this gang of ten, were trying to murder people. They were only successful in one case. But they came dang close in several others. Now, the mayor of the uh, village... The mayor was all like, uh, the gang turned up to kill. They didn't come to have fun, but to harm. Well, that's a genius statement, Mayor. I mean, I, I'm going to assume the mayor's still in a stage of shock themselves. Uh, how do you explain this kind of activity happening? Because worst case scenario, you should have extra security because you should understand the circumstances of what's going on in your village and the things going on in neighboring areas that unfortunately makes you more vulnerable. A police spokesperson indicated that the violence was quite incredible for a village of 500 people. Well, no duh. The reactions for the people seem pretty straightforward, but the government spokesperson said, quote, Thomas was 16 years old. He loved rugby, his family, his friends, whose pain and anger I share. Really? Do you really share that pain and anger? Because I don't think you would be out here 
threatening people. Don't you dare take the law into your own hands. Don't you dare go do the things that we refuse to do and try to protect yourself and your community. Don't you dare if you really felt that same pain. But of course, politicians got a politic, right? Anyway, he continued saying he is a victim of the savagery that fell in the village. Suspects have been arrested. Justice will punish. But will they? Answers will be provided. We owe them. Uh, yeah, you owe some answers, all right. But not answers about who committed the act. Not answers about why this happened. You owe this village you owe the entirety of France an explanation for why you didn't stop it before it happened. Why do you have policies in place that not only allow this, but encourage it? And you know you do encourage it. You, the literal government of France right now, is an enemy to the French people. The actual, honest-to-goodness, French people. But uh, you're not alone, France. You have some fellow Western civilization nations that are in the same situation, where the elected government, the representatives of the people, are acting more like enemies of the citizenry of the nation. The rugby coach for the team that Thomas played on, he said, quote, he was an endearing boy who had values that we instill in rugby. The victim's rub rugby club indicated that uh, they were visited by, quote, barbary and tragedy. And they noted that the uh, sport seemed trivial in the wake of Thomas's murder. But there's a lot more to the story, and I really conveyed as much as I feel like I can without getting really, really angry. So I'm going to transition away from that, and uh, we'll look to something a little closer to home when we come back from the break. But I want to leave you with this. The entirety of Western civilization has been under assault for centuries. The reason Western civilization has survived is because it has merit, it has value, it is a superior philosophy, it is a superior culture to those that would tear it down. Now, people are going to say, oh, that's racist or that's white supremacy. It's not about being white. It's about understanding basic fundamental principles about freedom, liberty, and responsibility. It's about understanding that you're responsible for building a better world and that that better world can only be built when you have strong 
moral precepts as your guiding fundamental principles. When you are willing to do the right thing, even when nobody is looking. When you're willing to stand up and do the hard thing, even when you're the only one willing to do it. And when you are willing to acknowledge that not all cultures are equal. Not all cultures bring value to civilization. Cultures that are based on hate, cultures that require you murder those that are different than you for no other reason than the fact that they're different than you, they are inferior and they will always fall by the wayside. That's why white supremacy fails too. That's why I, this is not about white supremacy, which I know some lefty is going to be saying that. Oh, everything you said. Is no, everything I just said, if you will actually listen to the words I say, apply to white supremacy. When you honestly believe that you are better than someone else just because of the color of your skin, then you're a moron. That's not superiority. That's stupidity. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. After this break, but before the break, I want to remind you about our friends over at Vanish Holster. Okay. As I mentioned before, the, right now they are running one heck of a Christmas promotion. Well, it's a holiday promotion. So whatever holiday you're celebrating, uh, for right now, uh, this is in effect. They're doing a, a really great deal. You buy one of their ultra comfortable holsters at a discount, and then you can get a second one for half off. Half off of that discounted price, which perfect if you want to own and use the world's most comfortable holster and then give one to a friend or a family member. Now, I'll promise you that you'll love this. <coughs> you can take my word for it. You'll love the holster more than any other holster you own. And the reason I'll make that promise is because if it turns out you don't, well, then you can get all your money back. Because Vanish has this great money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it as much as I think you will, but I think you will, you can get all your money back with their hassle-free return policy. But dang, this holster, the, the whole Vanish system, it's so comfortable that you'll forget you're even wearing it. That's why they call it the Vanish holster in the first place. Since it is a holiday deal, though, it's going to expire soon, so take advantage of it sooner rather than later. Don't don't hesitate. Don't wait around. And uh, <clears throat> remember, you're looking around what's happening in our country. What's happening in France? What's happening in the UK? What's happening in Canada? What's happening in several places here in the United States? Criminals are emboldened, and terrorism is looming large. Don't make the mistake of not being armed just because your holster is uncomfortable. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Go there right now so you can have a holster that makes it a pleasure to carry all day, every day. That's www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. That way they know I sent you. You get that $40 discount. 
And you can still take full advantage of getting one half off after you buy the first one. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Amy Hallam with Amy's Audios, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So grab your eggnog and your sip of brandy, relax, and God bless everyone. God rest you merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born upon this day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. A candy maker in Indiana wanted to produce a candy that would be a witness, so he made the Christmas candy cane. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, the candy maker began with a stick of pure white hard candy to symbolize the virgin birth and sinless nature of Jesus. Candy maker made the candy in the form of a J to represent the name of Jesus who came to earth as our Savior. It also represented the staff of the Good Shepherd who reaches down into the ditches of the world to lift out the fallen lambs that have gone astray. Realizing his candy was very plain, the candy maker stated with red stripes to symbolize the scourging Jesus received by which we are all healed. The large red stripe was for the blood shed by Jesus on the cross so that we could have the promise of eternal life. Unfortunately, the candy became known only as a candy cane, a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time, but the meaning is still there for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that this symbol will again be used to witness the wonder of Jesus and His great love that came down to us remain the ultimate and dominant force in the universe today and forever. Merry Christmas, and may God bless everyone. I'm Ron Edwards. Join me live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, to find out where follow me via Truth Social at The Edwards Notebook One. Second Skull is a protective headgear company with a patented line of impact-reducing products. At Second Skull, we focus on head protection as our only priority so that we can be the absolute best at it. With an estimated 2.8 million Americans sustaining a traumatic brain injury each year and a half a million children being treated in the ER each year for a head injury, there have been recent declines in athletic participation levels. We believe that concerns and fears of head injuries are factors contributing to these declines in activity levels. Second Skull has protection for every sport and for every athlete. Our product line of thin, lightweight, breathable, and practical solutions are each tested at independent and accredited laboratories. These products are patented and proven. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE10 promo code and you will receive a 10% discount. Remember... Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. 
In under just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named top six in the world in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. When I invented my pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition my pillow. The Giza Elegance My Pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TAPP or call 1-800-659-9936. That's MyPillow.com with promo code TAPP. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow... Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Hey, Jared, what's up? Well, my company gave me this Pride T-shirt. They say I got to wear it to celebrate the LGBTQ. That's not really my thing, and, well, I sure as hell don't want to promote it. Yeah, I can understand that. What are you going to do? I don't know. I'm just tired of all this woke bullshit. I mean, I've worked 20 years for this company. Well, they've been great until they started all this crap. I just want a job where I'm not forced to support all this nonsense. Yeah, I hear you. I'm Andrew Krabschett, CEO of RedBalloon.Work, America's woke-free job board. We connect good employees with great companies without all that woke bullshit. So if you're an employee who's tired of all the nonsense, then put your resume on Red Balloon. And if you're an employer looking for hardworking, reliable job seekers, then post your open jobs at RedBalloon.Work. I'm Andrew Krabschett. Wait, no, it's okay, guys. That's just my last name. I'm Andrew Krabschett from RedBalloon.Work. Check us out today. This is Pastor Carl Noble. Have a very blessed Christmas, always remembering that the greatest gift ever given to us was our Lord who died and rose again so that we might have life both now and forever.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Obviously, I have spent way too much time talking on some of these other topics earlier. And as a result, I don't have quite as much time as I would like to uh, for the remaining topics. But before we try to sneak in two topics combined, I want to remind you one more time about our friends over at Harvard Gold Group. Look. These guys are Better Business Bureau approved with five-star ratings across the board. They make it easy to buy and easy to sell gold and silver with a low price guarantee and up to $15,000 worth of free promotional gold and silver with a qualifying purchase. Go ahead and give them a call. Get your free investor's guide today. So whether you want to protect your retirement accounts or just want to have some gold in hand, call Harvard Gold Group now at 844-977-GOLD. That's 844-977-4653. Or give them a visit online at harvardgoldgroup.com. Either way, make sure you mention promo code TAPP. That's T-A-P-P. Or uh, when you're talking to them, uh, especially if you call, mention TAPP into the truth, mention Tim Tapp, uh, the host of that show, just let them know where you heard it. But in particular, probably the easiest thing, promo code TAPP, T-A-P-P. That'll get you what you need to know. Again, that's 844-977-GOLD, 844-977-4653, or harvardgoldgroup.com. Uh, just right now, Bidenomics, protect yourself. That's all I'm saying. Protect yourself. All right, real quick, I'm going to see if I can sneak two of them in here because I really want to get to both. I kind of thought it was funny, but a coalition of nearly 4,000 car dealerships have signed an open letter to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. urging the administration to, you know, tap the brakes on its rather unrealistic electric vehicle mandate. Now, by 2030, the administration aims to have 60% of new vehicle sales be electric vehicles. Currently, only about 7% of new vehicles sold are EVs. A group of more than, uh, <coughs> excuse me, more than 3,880 automobile dealerships in all 50 states collectively selling all major vehicles manufacturing brands called on the federal government to reconsider its aggressive move to EV. Uh, quoting from the letter here, Your administration has proposed regulations that would essentially mandate a dramatic shift to battery electric vehicles, increasing year after year until 2032. Again, that is pretty aggressive if you haven't been paying attention, but... Back to the letter. When two out of every three vehicles sold in America would have to be battery electric. The reality, however, is that electric vehicles demand today is not keeping up with the large influx of BEVs arriving at our dealerships, prompted by the current regulations. 
meaning they're getting an overflow of merchandise that they're not going to be able to sell. The demand is not there, and they're just barely ticking up towards what the regulations would demand. Now, the open letter to Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., you know, the guy who's supposed to be the president of the United States, it also noted that there are many options for customers interested in EVs, but the wanting, quote, hope and hype has caused the vehicles to start stacking up on the car lots. Despite deep price cuts, manufacturer incentives, and generous government incentives, uh, that means taxpayer dollars are being spent, that enthusiasm for the EV has stalled. Now, these auto dealers, they argue that the federal government's EV mandate is, quote, unrealistically based on current and forecasted customer demand. They explain that many customers are simply not ready to move away from gas and diesel-powered vehicles, partly due to EVs being unaffordable. Okay. That's kind of the deal, though. Here's what it is. These car dealerships, they're missing the whole point of the government mandate. They don't want people buying new cars. They want them at the mercy of public transportation. They, again, along with the World Economic Forum, want you to own nothing and be happy. They don't care if it's stacking up, they want that to eventually be the only option on the table, and they want it well before their stated goals. It's tragic. You guys are in on the front lines. You're going to be hammered by this. But again, the Biden administration doesn't care. So good luck to you. And again, yes, very unrealistic. Okay. Now, earlier... I uh, told you that we had a strange issue because I pushed uh, for one liner and it played another. And I was going to save that liner for the story. I want to give a hat tip to our uh, friend, Becky Noble, who wrote this over at Red State. and was writing about this. Uh, where she said, quote, There's an old saying about the definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. The folks at Bud Light seem to have gotten the message from their customers and have gone back to just trying to sell beer with a bit of patriotism thrown in for good measure. Uh, basically, trying to trick you into saying, oh, guys, come back, we learned our lesson. They haven't. But it would look like the folks over at Target, they haven't quite gotten that message yet. It appears like they're right back to business as you. Now, again, I'll point out that the Target folks are way more woke. They've been woke for a long time. Uh, it was first uh, demonstrated back when they were ending special considerations for religious purposes, uh, having to do with Seventh-day Adventists needing Saturdays off. I've been over this story with you a bunch of times. It's why I stopped spending money at Target. Uh, they hired a bunch of Seventh-day Adventists knowing that they wouldn't work Saturdays because that's their Sabbath day. And it was perfectly okay. But then a lot of employees got mad and angry, blah, blah, blah. Why do I always have to work Saturday? And Bill over there never has to work Saturday. Well, see, 
Bill, we hired Bill knowing that he wasn't available on Saturdays. So you didn't say you weren't available on Saturdays. So you get to work and Bill doesn't have to. And it's completely legitimate, completely fair. Bill was hired with uh, Target knowing that he wasn't available on Saturdays. Well, enough of the employees whined and whined and whined about it to the point that uh, Target eventually said, well, okay, we're no longer going to make religious uh, considerations. So now if you work for us, you will be required to work at least one Saturday ever so often, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. It's either do it or quit. And they didn't care which. And then it was only a few short months later when there was a sudden influx of uh, Muslims into Minneapolis. And the superstores, of course, carry groceries and uh, alcohol items like beer and wine uh, and, of course, pork. Um, Muslims aren't allowed to touch these things. So they started making accommodations for their cashiers that somebody else would have to come bring that up and handle the product for them. And at that point, it's like you're going to make one religious accommodation for this group, but you're not making any religious accommodations for other groups. That's stupid. Okay, now I'll fast forward. Target became one of the first uh, national chains that had a transgender bathroom policy in place. It said, okay, whatever, you, it's all good. So they've been in this woke, bovine excrement mindset for a very long time at this point. So it doesn't matter that Target faced backlash back in June during the, the Pride Month thing over the tuck-friendly swimwear for kids. Uh, they they had a lot of backlash, but it wasn't enough for the retail giant to, to really get the message. They're never going to get the message, Becky. Uh, and I'm talking to Becky because she wrote a great piece about it. But this is the part where uh, the background really comes into play here. They didn't get the message. And that's further shown because of the fact that uh, Target is back to pushing the transgender uh, uh, agenda, just in time to insult its Christian customers at Christmas time, and a whole new marketing hire with the attitude that you will accept the pride-themed merchandise, and you will like it. Why is that? Well, because their newest addition to the Target team, Eric Thompson. Now, Thompson goes by the moniker Gay Cruella on social media, and has been hired as the, quote, senior LGBTQIA plus segmentation strategist and pride lead. That's literally a job they created just for this guy. Thomas may have started as a run-of-the-mill diversity hire, having spent roughly 10 years with Target before his current new position, his LinkedIn profile, which has since been scrubbed, also provides uh, that Target has had the LGBT agenda in its marketing crosshairs for a while. The bio states, uh, quote, led Target's 19, uh, 2019 Pride Business and Inclusivity Strategy to better serve our guests through diverse and inclusive collection offerings and remain as a loyal industry-leading leader within Total Pride Plus 
market, establishing brand love and credibility for total target. So, in other words, it's all about the agenda. It's been about the agenda. Since the news broke, Target stock has dropped yet again and will continue to move down because much like Disney now admitting to their shareholders that, yes, they've been in the culture war and, yes, they face backlash because of it, they don't plan on changing the plan. Uh, There's not going to be a new direction. This is their direction. They are committed to it. It'd be like asking Ben and Jerry's ice cream to suddenly uh, support conservative causes. They're just not going to do it. So this hire is definitely a thumb in the eye to all the people that have questioned Target's uh, tactics. But ultimately, Target is making it very clear that they're pushing the agenda and... You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Yeah, I had to play it again. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, that's where they're at. They're targeting kids. They're targeting uh, people. They want to control your idea of what a big box store should be. And they want to push the agenda down your throat, whether you like it or not. Parents, those of you that were upset before about the tuck-friendly swimwear, it's not going away. The rebranding isn't going to change anything They are committed to this course, and the only thing that's going to get their attention is if you stop going to Target. There are other big box stores if you refuse to go to Mom and Pops, and I'm not a big fan of Amazon either because Jeff Bezos is a bit of a jack. But go to Amazon. Buy your stuff from someone else, period. All right, that's going to have to be it for today. Thank you so much for listening all the way through. As always, I appreciate it. God bless and remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. See you Friday.
Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.